Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Girls today are growing up in a very different world to their mothers. They seem to be older, younger, which to me is sad. One of the areas that is particularly worrying is when little girls worry about their weight. So how can we help our girls be confident in their own bodies? Casey Edwards is the co-author of Raising Girls Who Like Themselves. Hi, Casey. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. How widespread is this issue of body image amongst our young girls? It is very concerning how wide it is. So 55% of girls aged eight to nine are dissatisfied with their bodies. We know from recent research from the Butterfly Foundation that they have been inundated with calls on their hotline about concerns about body image. And 23% of those calls are from girls aged 10 to 19. So girls are very worried about their body and it's happening younger and younger. And I know just anecdotally from the research that we did for our book, that the stories are absolutely heartbreaking, like little girls aged six and seven wanting to slice off the rolls of skin, you know, on their stomach with scissors and girls not wanting to go to school in grade one because they're worried they look fat in their uniform. Like it's absolutely heartbreaking and very, very worrying for the the future of these girls. You know, you're not learning much if you're sitting there in grade one worrying that your thighs are too big. Yeah, and also the self-hatred that must come from that. That's right. I think we really need to take poor body image very seriously because it leads to depression, social anxiety, and, you know, it leads to eating disorders. And we know eating disorders are deadly. More people die from eating disorders every year than they do from car accidents. You know, it's very serious. And we really need to be very focused on doing everything we can to reduce the risk of poor body image and eating disorders in our girls. Just coming from a parent's perspective, I find that totally horrifying and a few times that my daughter's mentioned things about her weight it's kind of left me speechless are you finding that parents are really surprised that their kids have these concerns so young yes they are they they are because I mean look our generation of women we didn't have great body images either but it's happening earlier and earlier and I actually think that what we are doing to try to prevent body image problems is actually contributing to the problem. So there is an assumption by parents and, and everyone in general, you know, very often people think that if they can make sure that their daughter is skinny, then she won't have a poor body image. Now, that cannot be further from the truth. Body image is not about how you look. It's about how you feel about how you look. And we have enough super supermodels who hate their bodies to know that it doesn't matter how beautiful you are. You can have a really poor body image. So we've got parents trying to keep their girls skinny. We've also got at the same time this terrible fear as a society about obesity. You know, obesity messages are weaved through the education from kinder. Kids are starting to get messages about food that's bad, food that they shouldn't eat. And so we're creating all this body anxiety and we're creating unhealthy relationships with food. 
The very best thing we can do to preserve our girl's body image the way it was when she was born, right? Because girls are not born hating their bodies. They learn it. We teach it to them as a society. We need to make sure our girls continue to trust their bodies. And that means teaching them to listen to their body. You eat when you're hungry. You stop when you're full. And understanding that if they live a healthy life, they eat a range of nutritious, yummy food, they move their body in a fun way. If they're doing that, then their body is exactly how it is supposed to be. All bodies come in different shapes and sizes and all bodies are good bodies. Talk to me about food because I think uh, I'm hearing what you're saying 100% on the um obesity messages and the healthy food messages because I'm definitely a parent who worries about how much sugar my kids eat, not because I'm worried they're going to put on weight, but because I feel like I'm a bad parent if I let them eat too much sugar. Um, And I don't necessarily know I have any perspective on that, on Mm -hmm. what is moderate or what is um, okay. I don't make a fuss about it, but I'm very conscious as well about the language I use around food. So Could you tell me a bit about that? Like how should we be talking about food? I know it used to be sometimes food were the ones with more sugar in it, for example. Yes, yep, sometimes food and everyday food. Look, I think the first thing to do is food messaging should not be given to kids. And the reason is is that it's too complicated. You know, birthday cake is not good for you if you eat it for breakfast every day. But birthday cake's good for you if you eat it at a birthday party. You know, mm. that's that's too complex for a kid to understand and that creates a lot of food anxiety which can backfire. And I'll, I'll give you an example um, that this happened in, in my own house. My girls were coming home from school with a play date so they were friends with them. And as we were coming inside, our next-door neighbour had been given a tub of fairy floss. So she gave the fairy floss to my daughter. Now, would I want my daughter to eat a tub of fairy floss? Not really, but you know, (laughs) okay. So the girls come inside and they're eating the fairy floss. And there's one little girl who had taken in all the food messages and she said, I won't eat that. That's bad. I'll have a carrot instead. (laughs) I said, okay. So I get this carrot and I cut it up and leave it on the table. And she's nibbling on the carrot while she's looking longingly at the fairy floss. And after a time, the girls, the other girls didn't even finish the fairy floss because they wanted to go off and play their game. So for them, the fairy floss was just yummy food. So they ate it, they went off and played. The other little girl lingered around the table and when she thought no one was looking, she ate the fairy floss. And, you know, she probably ate more than the other kids. Yeah. So to her, the fairy floss wasn't just food. It was a test of her character. It was one that she failed. You know, it is too much to expect a child to have the willpower to not eat yummy food when it's in front of them. And we see this also, you know, at birthday parties, you might notice that the kids who have really strict eating rules at home are the ones that are hanging around the food table at birthday parties. (laughs) And so what parents are doing, they're trying to create healthy eating habits, but they could be laying the foundation for binge eating and shame. And we know that kids binge eat when they feel ashamed and when they feel ashamed, they binge eat. Yeah, that's so interesting because we do that too, right? Absolutely. We we, we set ourselves those tests that if we cave in and have that piece of cake, then we have somehow morally failed ourselves. (laughs) Like, 
it's not the food that's going into our body, our kids' bodies that is the biggest problem. It's the messages that are going in that into, into their bodies, into their heads. And so we sh- as parents, we should absolutely care about what our children eat. I really care about health. You know, having healthy children is important for them to have, you know, good lives and to grow up liking themselves. But restricting their food with moral language and moral judgments or putting them on a diet is not the path to health. That is the path to closet eating and dysfunctional relationship with your body. So we should talk about food in terms of sometimes food and everyday food. And a way to manage that is to only have mostly everyday food in your house. So for example, when my girls are hungry, they can pretty much choose from anything in the house. And I trust them to eat when they're hungry. If I think they might not be hungry and they're eating, I'll say, are you hungry or are you just bored? Let's talk about what else you might want to do instead. Or if they're not hungry and they're not bored, maybe there's a feeling that they have that they don't know how to deal with. So let's have a cuddle on the couch and talk about that instead. But when my girls ask for extra food and they say they're hungry, I say yes. I don't restrict them. It's really interesting what you say about boredom or the feelings because I think you know, during pandemic times that we live in, when lockdowns happen and families are at home with kids, there is that tendency for everyone in the family to sort of drift past the cupboard, to pick up that packet of chips or whatever. Um, Given you live in Melbourne and have had more lockdowns than any other city or state in Australia, (laughs) (laughs) um, have you had any thoughts on um, when those periods of boredom come and they're relentless, how do you then deal with that kind of consumption of food? Yeah, well, because it's also winter, right? So you tend to want to eat more when it's cold (laughs) as well. Um, So what we do with our girls is we have created food rituals. So we'll bake the scones and then eat the scones. I mean, of course, you can't always do that. But it's okay to eat when you're in lockdown and you're miserable and you've got (laughs) nothing to do. We're in a once in a 100-year pandemic. You know, I think we can do... It is far more damaging to shame our kids about food, to make them anxious about food, than it is for them to eat, you know, an extra packet of chips during lockdown. Mm. Good. I'll keep that in mind. Um. (laughs) The other thing to think about, because, I mean, girls have appetites like boys as well. My girls at the moment, particularly my older daughter who's um, going through puberty, she eats more than I do, you know, and more than my husband does. You know, she's so hungry because it takes a lot of energy to turn a girl into a woman. And this is a really dangerous point in a girl's body image because what's happening, her body's changing. So she's already super aware of what's going on in her body. Bodies need to lay down fat to create women, right? So they're hungry, they're putting on fat, ready to, you know, menstruate. And this is a time when parents get really worried and they start restricting food, they start making comments about weight gain. And this just makes body shame and insecurity so much worse for a girl. So I would say to parents, if you are worried that your daughter is putting on weight, too much weight, don't mention it. Nothing, nothing good comes from talking about weight And certainly nothing good comes from putting a child on a diet. We have 50 years of research to tell us that if you put someone on a diet, not only will they regain it within 
two years, 95% of cases, you'll regain it, but they'll also put on more weight. So you will actually get the opposite of, of what you're trying to do. So if you are worried about your daughter's weight, think about, first of all, getting your lifestyle right. Is she eating a variety of yummy foods? Try to introduce different kinds of foods, have conversations about listening to her body. Is she hungry? Eat when she's hungry, stop when she's full and help her find a way to move her body that is fun. Sending kids out to exercise as punishment because they've got the wrong kind of body is no way to motivate them to exercise. Find something that's fun. Are there parents who do that? Are there parents who put their kids on diets and make them run laps around the Yes, <laughs> there are. And look, really? it's not these parents' fault because we get these messages all the time, right? We, we're told mm. that I'm having a fat kid is the worst thing that can happen. And that is not true. Your kid being fat is not the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is your kid growing up believing that you don't love them as much as you could because they've got the wrong body, right? Mm. So, and, and we told, there's all these messages about diets, even though we know that diets don't work. Yeah, I find it hard to actually put get my head around that, people putting their kids on a diet. Yeah, well, they do it with the very best intention. But, you know, keep in mind that you're asking your child to do something that 95% of adults cannot do. So yeah. you, that is the definition for setting them up to fail. And then they'll feel ashamed. And what do we do when we feel ashamed? We eat to make <laughs> ourselves feel better. Casey, it's so fascinating, horrifying, but illuminating as well. You know, it's good to know these things. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. That's Casey Edwards. She's a co-author of Raising Girls Who Like Themselves. And if you'd like to find out more about her book, check out the links in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.